0: So Meshach, I am incredibly proud to say, has managed to get on a set. It's like gold dust getting a Sunday in his busy diary. So he is our church planting lead for national AOG. But at this year's conference, he was also, because of this incredible gift that he is to us as a nation, um, he is now on our national leadership team as well. So congratulations to you, Meshach. I think that's the right word. It's a lot more work. But um, I'm just going to let you get to know him because just the way that he speaks will challenge and inspire. So pin your ears back. And as I've said to the bands, uh, Mishak just wants them to stay up with him on stage. Let's be ready for anything. Thank you, Sue. May we all stand to our feet, please, if you don't mind. Uh, can you just keep playing the song that you were playing just a moment ago? Um, something has to... Something has to. Okay, uh, see, I, I am a true believer that whenever we gather together, something has got to change, something has got to shift. If, if our gatherings don't amount to breakthrough, if our gatherings don't amount to transformation, if our gatherings don't amount to lives being set free, then we need to ask the question why are we gathering? Because the impact in the kingdom of God is not necessarily just about our gathering, but it is also about how empowered we are when we scatter, when we go. How empowered are we? I have no desire in my heart to gather just for the sake of gathering and ticking a box and saying, right, I've done my church box for Sunday, I am going. If my gathering does not bring an impact into my life, an encounter with the presence of God, I'm sorry, I'll stay in bed. I will stay in bed but this morning I truly believe that that's a very prophetic song but I also believe that it's a prophetic cry of your heart too because there is a sense of yes God I'm singing yes God I'm worshipping but but I know there is more I know there is another level that I need to go to so, so as you sing it now your breakthrough gives everyone else the permission to just enter into it yeah so, so when you're now saying something has to break you, you are speaking from a place where you have also experienced that breakthrough and even as I was stood down there and you were singing, I, I could hear the picture I actually got for you. And this is what I want to pray over you. Is that your, your voice has been muted. There is a cry in your heart, a deep, deep cry in your heart. And I'm asking the Lord today that he will unlock it. He will shift it. And when you speak breakthrough, people will experience that breakthrough. The anointing of God is over your life. It is there, but but there is a there is there there is a tension. There is a tension point of uh, I'm singing something, something is coming out of my voice, but today God will shift it to another dimension. Something has to break. I'm not sure what your expectation was when you came. But today, something has to break. Not because of this guy at the front, no, but because he is faithful. He is faithful to each and every one of us. So, in a moment, I just want to give Jesus the highest praise in the room. I need every single one of us to give Jesus the highest praise in the room. Now I know we're playing church. We do this thing where we're so nice and calm and collected in church. But I've seen you people watching football. I've seen you, I've seen you, you know, enjoying time together. You, you, you can, you can be a bit louder. But here's the thing. It's not just about the level of loudness. It's about a revelation of what God has done for you. That stirs up a praise on the inside of you. Sometimes we have reduced praise down to a decibel level. Okay, if I make some noise, if I clap my hands, then that's praise. No, we we, we need to attach our praise and actually mention the things that God has done for you. What has he done? Maybe for some of us, we have to go back five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't know how far back you have to go, but I need you to go back into that space where you know that if it wasn't for God who came through for you, your life wouldn't be the same. Are you ready? Even as I'm speaking now, I'm asking that you you go back to that place. Some of you just need to go to earlier on this morning. Some of you, for you to be here this morning is a miracle because of what you're going through. But you know that if God hadn't come through, your life would not be the same. So I want you to go back into that place. Come on. I'm not, there's no hype. There is nothing. You you, you go back into that place for yourself, it's not for me, it's for him. Oh, you're breaking through. Come on, you're breaking it. You're breaking it. Thank him. Mention the thing, don't just say, Lord, I just thank you. No, say it. What did he do for you? Say it, Jesus. come on you gotta speak it up speak it up thank him praise him praise him (laughs) I thank you for my family (laughs) some of you may not even know but uh, when my wife and I got married we were told we couldn't have children and we were in a place called Devon and that's where we lived for a number of years And I remember sitting in this little hospital room in Torbay hospital. If you've ever been in Devon or South Devon, you know a place called Painton and and, and Torquay and all those places we lived in Painton, but we were in in Torbay hospital. And as we were in this little room, they they, they gave us the news and they said, we need to do surgery over your wife because your wife will be better off medically without her womb. So we need to take out the womb. And I remember sitting in that room and they said to us, well because you are a husband we need you to sign a waiver form when you come back come back in seven days son and we left that little hospital room and I remember walking all around Torquay thinking to myself God this was never the plan this, this, this does not add up and I, I remember seven day day number seven coming up and we know we had an appointment on the 7th of March I'll never forget that day we went back into this hospital room and we sat down in the same little room we had three doctors on the panel senior consultant a GP and a junior doctor and as they gave me the paperwork to sign a waiver before my wife went into surgery they said well now can you can we sign and I, I remember vividly the Holy Spirit saying to me don't sign and as I stopped signing, the most junior doctor on that panel just piped up and said, Hey, just before we take her into surgery, can we, can we just do a pregnancy test? And everybody in the room is saying, are you absolutely out of your mind? We, we did a full scan seven days ago. We know that medically they cannot have children. So what kind of medical nonsense is this? What do you mean do a pregnancy test before she goes in? And in that moment, I knew God was doing something. I put the pen down, that was it, game over. I am not signing anything. Something is happening in this room. Now, if you know anything about medical hierarchy, you know that if you're the most junior doctor in a panel, you just don't pipe up saying stuff unless you are being consulted and she persisted continuously asked let's just do the pregnancy test come on we've got nothing to lose until they all gave in and said okay fine as you go to do her bloods before she goes into surgery do the test then and just get it over and done with okay great a couple of of minutes later she pops her head in and signals to the consultant to come outside of the office and then the consultant walked out then came straight back in with a big smile on her face and she said Sir, I I, I can't, I don't know how to explain this, but, but all I know is you won't be needing this paperwork anymore because somehow your wife is pregnant. So instead of turning left to go into the surgery room, we have to turn right to go and do another scan in the room. And they took her in back into that room again to scan her womb. And you know, when you walk in the same room that we were in seven days prior, and they did a scan and you could see absolutely nothing. They're already marking all the areas where they need to cut in order to get her womb out. In the same place, in the same room, they're scanning that, that, the same womb. And you know when you see those little bright colours popping and flashing to indicate that there is a heartbeat. That was the first thing that they saw within seconds of putting the wand on her tummy. And then they had to go another step further and say we need to measure how far gone she is. And they did a measurement and they said, well, this makes absolutely no sense because your wife is seven weeks pregnant. So when I talk about giving Jesus the highest praise, I'm not talking about the situations that you could have made it on your own. where where, where you could have made it work. I'm talking about the situations where you know that had God not come through. So I don't need anybody to encourage me to praise. If you still need somebody to encourage you to praise him, I know there are things going on in your life right now that you need him to sort out, but I've got a secret for you. Try praising him. When you praise him for the things he has done, you begin to cultivate faith for the things that he's about to do. Faith has got to be cultivated as you praise him. Not just making noise, uh -uh, but when you genuinely praise him for the things that he has done, faith begins to arise for the things he's about to do something has to break I know some of you are struggling right now thinking hang on a minute this this is this is unusual well guess what every miracle you see in the Bible every breakthrough you see in the Bible comes through unusual unfamiliar circumstances If you want to enter into a territory of breakthrough, you got to get get comfortable with discomfort. When it it makes you feel unusual, when you're just not sure what this crazy guy at the front is going to do next, just hang on, hang in there, hang in there. Because the platform for breakthrough is not in the things that you can predict. Are we going to sing two songs, and then after we sing two songs, Sue is going to come up. She's going to do a rah rah thing. After the rah rah thing, the worship will give that one one more song. Maybe today. Maybe today. Something has to. Something has to. Listen, I I, I can leave that over there. I, I, I'm not even going to go there because for me. What's more important is that we leave this place knowing that God has done something in our spirit rather than this guy sticking to the script. Something has to break. I was told that you guys are doing this thing called from discipline to to delight. Well, this moment here is a discipline moment. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel normal, but you're going to stick with it anyway. Some of you are so used to church being quiet. But maybe today you're just going to open your mouth and say, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you for what you have done. Even that very whisper from you, he hears it and guess what he knows when it's missing from the symphony of praise in the room something has to break discipline to delight (laughs) are we okay Jesus Discipline means a rule following behavior to regulation, order, control, and authority. Yeah? But delight means a high degree of gratification or pleasure, extreme satisfaction. Coming from a place of compulsion to to try and, and stir something up within your walk with God to a place where there is a kinetic momentum that just, that just draws you into the presence of God. A conversation for me is never about getting me to try and pray. A conversation is about getting me to try and stop. Because there's a kinetic movement that just happens. It doesn't matter if it's a room with five people. It doesn't matter if it's a room with 500 people. It doesn't matter if it's a room with 5,000 people. It doesn't matter. Because we got to understand that we have A key assignment as a people of God, if we're going to shift from discipline to delight, I'm going to preach whilst you're standing because you've got to stand with me, right? I know some of you will need to take your seats, and I absolutely honor that. That's absolutely fine. But some of you, young ones, younger ones, you've got to stand with me. Some of you have got to stand with me. That includes you, Cookie. You're You're young, you're young, you're young. Three quick basics we got to talk through. If you're taking notes, you can. In order for us to shift from discipline to delight, there's some three things, three fundamentals that have to be present in our prayer life, in our spiritual walk with God. Number one, God's word. God's word. What has God said to you? Or maybe let me rephrase the question. When was the last time God spoke you, think about that what did what has he said to you God's word is crucial particularly when you're now dealing with the circumstances that look nothing like what he said there's some promises that God has spoken across this room yet your circumstances your current circumstances look nothing like what God said But if you're gonna grow in your walk with God from discipline to delight, you gotta hold on to God's word. Because that will build up your faith as you go. Watch this, Psalm 138 verse two says this, God has raised his uttered word above himself. So in other words, whatever he has said to you, he is so committed to it that he will make sure it comes to pass. Right now, when you look to your left and you look to your right, I know it doesn't look the same. But don't look at the left, don't look at the right, look at the Word. I'll say that again. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, look at the Word. Quickly, we're going to move. The Word of God will also. Reveal the promises of God to you. Do we know all the promises of God over our lives? Yes? No? Ish? The word of God has this ability to reveal God's word. God's promises to us. And what do you do when you've got those promises? You hold them. And you keep your eye on them God's Word number one number two powerful the name of Jesus I'll say that again the name of Jesus now we got to understand please don't stop I need your keys. you keys you've got a lovely touch a lovely tone please keep that I need that the name of Jesus is not just what we do when we pray I'll just pray in the name of Jesus we got to understand that in, 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 in Hebrew times somebody's name literally revealed their nature so if somebody has been given a particular name it, it, it matched the, it was a direct match of their nature, of their personality of who they would become so when we are talking about the name of Jesus in our journey from discipline to delight it's not just uttering it as a Phrase, but it is releasing it as a revelation. I, I, I really, I, I've never preached this message in my whole life. I've never done that. But I know when God places something, he, He's doing. He's really doing a work in a house, and I can feel it in the room. There is stuff that God needs to break. I can. Yeah. I don't even need to be prophetic i just you just turn up in a place and you know there are things that god needs to break but the name of jesus so we've got god's word but the name of jesus we've got to come to a place of understanding the, the nature the power the, the 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 dynamics that are contained in the name of jesus oh lord we pray in the name of jesus amen Uh uh, uh uh. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a moment where you you really dig deep and you get to know Him. And you get to understand His very nature. So that when you come, read with me, read with me. Philippians 2 9 to 11. Watch this. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father why are they bowing they have a revelation of what is contained in this name it says in heaven oh gosh name of Jesus yep on earth oh, the name of Jesus under the earth the name of Jesus you only do that when you have had a revelation of what that actually carries what that actually means God's word the name of Jesus number three the Holy Spirit we will never truly understand who Jesus is without intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Everything we need is here. Everything we need is here. Without intimacy with the Holy Spirit, we will never truly understand or know or become acquainted with the Jesus whom we call upon. Holy Spirit, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So important. The Holy Spirit has this ability to develop our conviction about Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, without intimacy with the Holy Spirit, our conviction about Jesus will be weak. That's when we have times where we question whether he even loves us because the voice of the circumstance has become louder than the revelation of our walk with him something has to break the spirit realm we are spirit beings we know that right we are spirit beings we are here temporarily and we are I'm ready to go I'm ready to go because I know where I'm going it's not an arrogance it's a grace thing it's, a, it's just knowing that he's, he's faithful the spirit realm does not take kindly to confession of the mouth that doesn't match the conviction of your heart are you with me? the spirit realm does not take kindly to a confession of the mouth that does not match the conviction of the heart that's why you come to circumstances and you say well uh acts chapter 19 typical classic example the sons of a high priest, Sceva. We're going we're gonna to do these things. We're going to cast some demons out because we are seeing Paul, Apostle Paul being used by God to do that. We're going to do that too. So hey, demon, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, uh, come out. The demon says, hang on a minute. Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. but Who are you? Because your confession is not matched with your inner conviction. So it's not just the words that we speak. It's the conviction of our hearts. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And and, and at some point today, we've got to do that. We've got to to do business with God again. Because we were never meant to do this without the Holy Spirit. We also know that the Holy Spirit brings with him gifts. This is basic. This is back to basic stuff he has spiritual gifts that he has given he has afforded to every single one of us all across this room put your hand up if you know what your spiritual gift is now i understand why the lord asked me to ask that question not engaging with our spiritual gifts is like going on the front line of war without any armor and again it's not a oh you should feel bad kind of thing no this is good we're flagging this up so that we we get armored up because things are happening across the nation across the nations of the world that need an armed and dangerous believer armed in the Holy Spirit Us with this I'm about to finish don't panic you're not going to be here for an hour or two hours or anything like that nope I'm about to finish but this is the the prophetic word that God placed in my heart for you as a house is this the Lord said to me it's time to rebuild the altars of your hearts it is time to rebuild the altar of your heart don't worry about the person next to you it's literally about your heart because that's the work that God wants to do today it's a heart surgery because God is not interested in the outward appearance of stuff he is looking at our hearts 1st Samuel chapter 16 we know this Samuel is about to anoint Eliab, but God said, hold on a minute, wait, no. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance, his outward appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for the Lord looks at, the, for man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What is he seeing when he is looking into your heart today what is he seeing when he's looking into my heart today because he's not uh, we're all dressed lovely but he's not even interested in all that he, he's gone straight into the heart and he says we've got to rebuild the altar of our hearts because the, the heart watch this the heart is the seat that's the seat from which prayer comes. If we're still praying based on our minds, we haven't started praying. We, we, we hit a certain point where our hearts become the seat from which our prayers lift. And then God says, if we're going to lift up, moving from discipline to delight, it's when our hearts, the altar of our heart is is is. is Steady, it's ready to release the kind of prayers that God needs. I need to fly. We're going to do a bit of surgery now. Psalm 139. That's how we're going to finish. Psalm 139. And what does it say? Can you put up on the screen for me, please? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting this is surgery 101 and I'm gonna encourage you to do this today because if we're gonna rebuild the altar of our heart before God in order for him to, to do the things that he needs to do bro you could have your certificates as commissioned ministers and, and you could have everybody applauding you you could be highly gifted you could have all of those things working for you but please if I never see you again in my whole life listen to this never compromise the altar of your heart for anybody okay never shamaso never compromise the altar of your heart for anybody it's not worth it I found myself apologizing in circumstances where I wasn't wrong do you know why? it's not because I'm stupid I have to safeguard the altar of my heart search me O oh God I can't do that for you. I can't do this. That's you. You do that for yourself. Search me. Check. If there is anything that is not right in my heart, Lord, highlight it. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You don't say that when we're still wrestling with discipline and stuff. That's we've already moved from this. Now we we are we are we are now staying in a place of delight, where you just know every day. God search my heart, because the Bible also says, "Hey, the heart is wicked. It it, it can." Think some stuff but, but God search my heart flag it up straight away I, I, I cannot afford to have the altar of my heart and maybe for those who are tuning in online or whatever even right where you are in your house just go on your knees and say God search me all across this room Take whatever posture you need as we wrap up, as we finish. Say, God, search me. One of the key things of rebuilding the altar after he's done the searching is that we've got to come to this place of following Jesus, not just as our Savior, but actually as Lord. The two are very different. We know how to follow him as Savior because... We just ask him to save us and and come into our lives and and bring all of that stuff. And that's great. But there's another level where we say, God, I'm no longer just following you as my savior. But I now am making a decision that I'm also going to follow you as my Lord. Watch this. A person exercising absolute ownership rights absolute ownership rights the reason why i'm even in the north of england is because someone is exercising absolute rights with my life i thought i would be in southampton for 10 plus years at least but after four and a half years he says son pick up get up get your family you're moving was it comfortable no was it painful yes could I do without it yes but if he's Lord but if he's Lord then I have to ask you a question is he your Lord does he have absolute ownership rights over your life Ah. absolute ownership so we're going to finish this is all the, piece, all the work that needs to happen from this is on, is on every single one of us as individuals we've got to ask the question Lord I call you Lord but are you Lord I say Lord but are you Have I really given you lordship over my life? Quick story. We were in in South Yorkshire. And we'd visited some families. And they asked us to come to their church to just uh, see the people. Say hi to the people before we went back home. And even after we did that, we went to the church and... It was a, one of those all night prayers. There are people who still pray all night. We were there for a few moments and, and I remember hearing a scream from the left side because I had my eyes closed trying to pray. And there was a loud scream on the left side of the room. And I'm thinking to myself, what is that kind of cry? What's happening? And I could hear it was a cry of a child. A young child, loud cry. And I thought, oh gosh. And then I opened my eyes. And what I saw was something that really broke me. When we're talking about creating, rebuilding the altar of our heart, there'll be circumstances that God will present as an opportunity for us to get things right. And the picture that I saw, the face that I saw was of a a little boy with an an incurable skin disease all over his face. And I put put the picture up because I need you to see it for yourselves because it's something that you wouldn't want any, any child go through and this little kid is crying and I remember looking at him I'm thinking God you've got to do something and you know what he said to me he said I have I have done something I brought you here and I remember saying to God listen come on this is a little boy he doesn't need to be going through this. God, seriously now, you've got to do something. And he said, yes, son, I have. I brought you here. If we're moving from discipline to delight, in the territory of delight, it's when God can call upon us at any time and we are ready to go. He says, okay, cool. And I remember in that moment saying, well I'm going to pray for this boy but I, God I'm going to pray from afar you know I'm just going to do the God you got to do something I pray your healing and he stopped me dead in my tracks and said son are you in or are you out can I be honest in that moment because the altar of my heart was too overwhelmed with my own reputation the altar of my heart was too concerned about what people would say. What if, what if nothing happens? What if, what if he doesn't get healed? You know, that, that w- what, what would people think? What would people say? That's what was on the altar of my heart. Look at that boy. And yet God is saying, I've called you. And then we're, we're in this space where our hearts are so consumed Yet the assignment was right in my face. And I said, okay, fine. I'll come. Begrudgingly. I prayed for this little boy. Laid my hands on him. And I remember looking at him thinking, okay, any minute now, his skin is going to start coming together. Okay, God, any minute now, his healing is going to come and nothing happened and I remember saying to God how dare you put me in that kind of position and I drove all the way back to our house absolutely furious with God do you know why I was furious? it wasn't because the boy wasn't healed it was because of me it was because my ego had been bruised. It was because I had been broken. It, had be, it because God, God, had, God had put me in a position where the seat of my heart would only be reserved for him. I went home, wept bitterly and made amends with God and said, I, you know what? I'm sorry. That will never happen again. I'm done. Because guess what? When you die to yourself, even if you pray for somebody and nothing happens, it doesn't affect you because you are already dead. If it still bothers you, and if you're still thinking about what people will say, you are way too alive for God to use you. It's time to die to ourselves. Seven days later, Totally forgot about the incident because I'm just now focusing on other things. A message pinged up on my phone with no words attached to it. Nothing at all. But it was just this picture that came up. No, no, no. If we're going to praise God, we praise him. But praise him when I'm not on the platform. Because if you're clapping and I'm here, it seems like you're clapping. me. I didn't do that. Do you know what what my reaction was when that message came through? My wife and I were in our living room and our synonymous reaction was this. No bells and whistles. No applause of men. Giving all the glory back to him. No reputation. Bridge Church, it's time to rebuild the altar of your heart and watch what God will do.